Jesus compares himself to the bridegroom of the bride in this nuptial image. And of course, when you're at a wedding, it doesn't make sense to fast. It's time to feast. And the Lord is with them as he prepares them for their mission as missionary disciples. Of course, we are awaiting the return of the bridegroom so that we may enter into the mystical wedding chamber of heaven. And until that day, there will be fasting. And Christians are called to fast, especially in the season of Lent. Now, fasting is not unique to Judaism or Christianity. It's something that's actually very, very universal in world religions and world cultures. Fasting for all kinds of reasons. Fasting to encounter the divine, to prepare the soul. Fasting for various kinds of health reasons, to lose weight, to feel better, to have more mental clarity. Uh, These are all things that, that are universal in human experience. But for the Christian, they have a particular reason and a particular purpose. One of those purposes we see is in the first reading from the prophet Isaiah, that the Lord reminds the people of Israel that though they have fasted and said, why do we fast and you don't see it? We afflict ourselves and you don't take note of it. Now that's one of the key religious reasons for fasting universally in world history is I fast to kind of get God's attention. If I need something from God, I'm going to fast and I'll be more able to access the divine. So here the, the Jewish people are saying, we've, we've been fasting, and you haven't seen it, you haven't noticed it, we're, we're still afflicted, we're still suffering as a people, what's going on? And God reminds them that the kind of fasting he wishes is not just that a person would lie in sackcloth and ashes, but that there would be justice and there would be charity. To release those bound unjustly, to set free the oppressed, to share bread with the hungry, clothe the naked. Uh, really, it's to, to make the world around us the way that God wants it to be. And that begins with being just and righteous to my neighbor. It means doing acts of love and mercy. It's not only a, a personal, individual enterprise for some good I'm trying to get by fasting, but it's about the restoration of the world. It's about God being all in all. It's about the presence of God filling the cosmos, starting with my own response of faith to what God asks of me. As we enter into this Lenten season with prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, what are some ways that we can fast? First of all, we adhere to the church's fast especially on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, to fast on those days. Even though we're only called to uh, fast on those days in the church, historically there have been many other days of fast, and we should have fast and be continually part of our, our Lenten season, and even times throughout the year. So, first of all, fasting is the church's fast. Secondly, fasting is from food and from drink. Uh, the bodily appetites, which are so strong, Uh, we should mortify our bodily appetite for food and drink, for lots of food and drink, for very, very good, well-prepared, tasty, well-presented food and drink. Uh, All these things, we we, um, humble our appetites. There's also uh, the fasting from media. This is perhaps almost as important as fasting from food, that we have so many screens in our lives, so many images vying for our attention, so many of those images uh, low and earthly and that do not lift up our our minds to God. 
having a fast from media and television and our phones and Facebook is, is so important as well. It's another way we can fast. A third way we can fast is we can fast from taking the first place. How many times do we want to be first in line, get the best pick of something? Uh, we want to choose the best, choose the highest. Uh, we want to be the person to, to have some kind of honor, some kind of uh, respect, reputation. We can fast from being first and getting the best things. St. Therese of Lisieux would often put herself uh, last in line in the convent so other sisters could receive good things. Even though St. Therese was due for them, she, it was her turn, she was happy to be humble and to fast from those so someone else could be blessed. Another kind of fasting is we can fast in uh, things like in our appearance and our vanity. So to fast from things like cosmetics, having our hair done up so perfectly, uh, the things that we just take for granted is this. I just do this every day because I can, and I'm an American, and we have lots of uh, luxuries and goods here. We, we can fast from, we might say, living in a first world country. We can have solidarity with the poor and fasting and having our lives be a little bit more like them. Maybe that's taking cold showers. Maybe that's not buying things except for a couple times a month. I'm going to go shopping for what I need, but I'm going to fast from, from greed and possession and just whatever I want, I can order it, I can buy it. It's another way we can fast. There could be more and more things I could list, but... I think the important thing this morning is to remember that all of our fasting is different than the fasting of other religions and other times of history throughout the world because it is joined to Christ. All of our fasting, our sacrifices, our penance, our prayer, it is all through his merits and through his paschal mystery that they find fruitfulness. And we hear about that in our prayer over the offerings that I will pray in just, a, in just a moment. If you ever want to have a little theology class for yourselves, a little personal, um, little personal seminary, just go through and read the Mass Collects of the day. They're often in your daily missal. You can find them online. The Church believes as she prays. There's a theology inside of every one of the Church's prayers. And today, our little prayer over the offerings is so beautiful in expressing how our Lenten observances are only meant to be joined to Christ's sacrifice. So here's the prayer that we'll pray before we offer the Eucharist. We offer, O Lord, the sacrifice, singular, of our Lenten observance, praying that it may make our intentions acceptable to you and add to our powers of self-restraint. Through Christ our Lord. So it's saying that we're offering up our Lenten observance for two reasons. One, so that our intentions may be acceptable to you, that we may be purified of lesser things and be holy, belonging to God. That's the first reason. And secondly, that it may add to our powers of self-restraint, restraining our ego, restraining our sinful selves, our false selves. Those are the two reasons. And when it says, we offer, O Lord, the sacrifice of our Lenten observance, you may think, first of all, that that sacrifice is like what I'm doing for Lent and my Lenten sacrifices. No, that's your Lenten observance. What is the singular sacrifice this is talking about that we offer to the Lord? 
It is the Eucharistic offering of Christ. That's the sacrifice we offer today. And we join all of our Lenten observances to him. But it is his sacrifice, his gift to the Father, his love for us, that gives us access to God. And we only offer our Lenten observances in and through Jesus, knowing that only he has opened the gates of heaven for us, only he has set us free, only he can really change our hearts from being tempted to sinfulness to wanting God's glory and to restore the world with justice and love. So let's pray that through the heart in just a moment as we offer this Eucharist with Jesus.